0: Ben city state of mind.
1: Listen
2: oh.
3: I came to motivate the
0: mess with the standard of rhyme. I came to motivate the mess with the standard of rhyme. I came to motivate think the mess with the standard of rest mo- around.
3: But now I appreciate this moment in time. I came to motivate the mess with the standard of rhyme. I came to mo- Born motivate to make, make, make the mess Edge. Ed, uh, uh. Rest in peace to my high Life is for the birds, so I had
4: to We are back for another week of Sucker Radio here on MMA Sucker.com, MMAopinion.co.uk. Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you're listening to it, we're here. Ian, thanks for joining me this week again, man.
3: Thank you for having me.
4: And the intro, music. Same as October, we're in October now, we got Edgar Penwork, uh, check this guy out, audiomac.com artist edge, simple stuff, Edgar Penwork doing it all out of his own pocket trying to make a name for himself, um, download his stuff, like his stuff, share it with your friends, do that kind of stuff. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it on last week's show, Ian, but his hip-hop music's pretty good.
3: Yeah, I mean, everyone knows I'm not really a, a music fan, but, you know, I enjoyed it. And, you know, it's it was definitely more enjoyable than watching Bellator's Heavyweight Grand Prix.
4: Yeah, speaking of that, um, well, we saw Czech Congo advance. We saw former UFC fighter LeVar Johnson not advance and get obliterated very, very early in his fight. Um, sloppy matchups, as you say?
3: Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it, the Lavar Johnson knockout is is comical. You know, I, I, I tweeted out after watching it. If if you had to put some Benny Hill music on that, because it, it was weird. He seemed to run off and then, this. I, I mean, I don't know if you. If you like me, you are an old school pro wrestling fan. It was like a um, a Ric Flair kind of. I got hit. I'll walk away and then I'll just fall on my face. It was.
4: We saw that at a UFC event a, a couple weeks back, I think, as well. So yeah, all these guys are trying to impersonate Ric Flair. But Chet Congo, this guy came over from the UFC, um, had the big name behind him in the Bellator tournament. He advanced, but, I mean, the first round was boring as hell. And he just ended up landing a couple knees that, that finished the job in a fight that should have been finished very early on.
3: Yeah, they, they brought that guy in to be a, an easy win for Czech Congo. And you know, I, I, he was from the UK, Mark Godby. So I kind of thought, you know, hopefully he can do something since we don't really have any good heavyweights over here. But no, uh, the one thing I will take away from this heavyweight Grand Prix is that neither guy will win the title who's in the final. Both of them. You know, Chuck Congo's on his last legs, I think. His chin, even him back in the UFC, he was getting hit by big guys, but it's just not very good. Um and Vinicius Spartan, I had to put this out there, this guy got submitted by Rob Bruton in the UFC, so I'm not holding out any hope that Bellator are gonna produce a great heavyweight anytime soon.
4: Yeah, no kidding. This Friday night, uh, Bellator returns to action with Bellator one oh three. Um JJ Ambrose and David Rickles in the main event do anything for you nope (laughs) (laughs) exactly i mean they seem to have trailed off a little bit um with their fight cards leading up to this pay-per-view we've spoken about this before but they're just sort of throwing fights together just for the sake of throwing fights together because all their big names are taken up for the pay-per-view card in november
3: yeah i mean I'm more surprised that David Rickles is still alive after that Michael Chandler fight. I'm surpri- I'm, I'm actually surprised that he's even fighting again this year because that was pretty brutal. So, fair play to him. But, yeah, that's the problem when you put all your eggs in one basket like they're doing with the pay-per-view. It's just, you know, Bellator, even when you look at the 100th event when we saw Ben Saunders and Douglas Lima, that was a great fight, but that's your main event on your 100th card you know, I would have had a bigger, bigger fight than that. So it'll be interesting to see what Bellator actually going to do after the pay-per-view.
4: Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, cause all their big fighters fight on the one card. So either they're all going to be back in action fairly soon thereafter, or they're all going to have medical clearance to, uh, to come back who knows but one thing we do know we found out this morning uh that john jones glover to share a title fight that was supposed to go down at ufc 169 which was super bowl weekend is no longer happening on that event
3: yeah you know there's going to be some conspiracies out there that are the ufc going to try and bring gustafson in now that the fans backlash is being heard um i kind of feel like the ufc might try and put jones and glover on a, a fox card uh, you know, for free TV. I know the UFC haven't really used John on free TV since he became the champion. Um, I don't think him and Glover's going to produce big pay per view money. So, you know, if you can put him out on Fox, you know, introduce some more fans to who John Jones is. Aren't the Glover Tejera, to be fair, because he's a good fighter. Um, but, you know, we don't know what's going on in Dana's head. We We were pretty much told that it was UFC 169 by the UFC themselves.
4: Yeah, also this week, midweek action, we like these ones. Um, I know you're not able to watch it because of the silly time, but we got UFC Fight Night 29, Maya versus Shields. Um, We'll go over that card later in the show in depth. We'll give our predictions and whatnot. Um, But let's talk about who we got on the show tonight. Starting off the show, UFC 166 fighter, we got Hector Lombard.
3: Yeah, Hector... (laughs) You know, I was a little bit nervous that we were gonna have him on the show. Uh y some stories about him not being the most media friendly guy in the world, but you know, I think fans are gonna get the hear some interesting things from Hector, especially ahead of his move down to one seventy.
4: Yep, next up, as we spoke this Wednesday night, UFC Fight Night 29, I had the opportunity to interview Damian Maia very early this morning and uh, got about 10 minutes out of him, so he will be joining us this evening as well.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that because Damian Maia, win on Wednesday, and that guy could be fighting for the title at the beginning of next year.
4: Yeah, Dana White says that either one of these guys win and, and they're in a good spot in the welterweight division. Um, finally, rounding out the show, you had the opportunity, um, today to interview Alexander Gustafsson, who we just spoke about, who you think the UFC conspiracy theorists might try to put up against John Jones. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm not
3: going to put two and two together here, but I, I did kind of give uh, Alexander Gustafsson a backhand comment that I would see what I could do with the UFC, try and get him that fight that he wanted. So it looks like Dana listened to my words this evening.
4: Well, with that, can't wait to hear this interview with Hector Lombard right after this. Get the DeLorean ready! <laughs>
3: Syllable the frame paints pictures of my aim. Subliminals I'm killing till no villagers remain. Critical of fame laid down where we's slain. Hypodermic flow push We are now joined by UFC star Hector Lombard. Thanks for doing this, Hector.
0: How's it going with you?
3: Not too bad, thank you very much. Now we know you're fighting at UFC one sixty six, you're taking on Nate Marquardt. Uh it's you know common knowledge now, you're making the drop down to hundred and seventy pounds. What well, what was the thinking behind the decision to go down to 108? Uh, they had a minute, so I
0: have to do what, uh, what the boss
3: said. Yeah, go you know. Down, I have to go. Yeah, I know. You, uh, we we have seen you say that, you know in the past about Joe Silva and the UFC deciding uh, to make it go down to 170. You know, were you trying to fight that or were you open to the idea?
0: I mean, uh, like I said before, I have to do what uh what The bus. Uh, The bosses didn't, like, didn't like me see me. I uh, want to fight anymore, so I'm alive. I have to go down and wait.
3: Yeah, and you know, we're going to see you down at this weight class, your first time, in, I believe inside MMA, we're going to see you at 170 pounds. How's the, the training camp been in terms of trying to keep yourself down at a, a smaller weight than what you would usually do at 185 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I can't tell you that. I can't complain. Um, it's been great. Uh at the moment, and uh, I mean, um, all good things being uh been happening. Um, so um, I'm grateful that
3: it to be going this way this side. Great, and uh, you know, a quick question about about this weight cut and in, in terms of 185. Did did you used to cut much weight yourself to make 185 pounds?
0: I did.
3: going to two, one, one, two uh, twenty five. Oh wow! So th- this is an even bigger cut there. Um, you know, we're talking about your opponent's going to be Nate Marquardt. He actually. From what we understand, asked to fight you, he was. He said that he would like to fight Hector Lombard. You know what's it like when you hear about a guy wanting to fight you. Does that kind of spur you on more to to take that fight, or is it just a case of you know fighting another guy?
0: Well, I gotta make, I, I gotta make sure that you know he uh, regrets every moment that he's being the case with me. I can tell you that for fact. Um Usually, I'm the one who will, you know the the guys who don't want to fight me. They they want to. Running away from me and stuff, and making so many excuses. But um, ah, you know, I'm 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 quite happy that since we're in this way, and I'm quite happy because I've been I want I've been wanting to be fight for a long time, so um, I'm very grateful about. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, yeah, does does this fight kind of feel like fate? Because there was a lot of talk that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you were in Bellator, the, that Bellator interest in trying to put Nate against you, it didn't happen. He went to strike force, and you know, ultimately it has led to this path. So, do you feel like this has been a fight that's been a long time coming?
0: Yeah, I, I, like, like, like I said, I'm, I'm grateful that um, I made the fight happen, and being, of course, in the UFC. Um, it's even more is is a lot more people are gonna be watching me building beating a beating, uh, name of quarter, up and, and you know UFC always make uh things possible. Um which is all the organizations they always make it too hard or you know, they they and you know, stuff like that. But I don't see I don't see uh, I don't think that you know uh when very in is that
3: more of an issue because uh the reason they always make it, yeah, and you know the we're talking about what you just mentioned before, guys often making excuses about fighting you and not not coming to face you, you know the the two fights that haven't gone your way so far in the u f c and no disrespect to both of those guys you know. I, as a fan myself, watching those fights, it seemed like they didn't really want to engage with you. Do, do you feel that the UFC have, have seen the real Hector Lombard yet, or do you think, you know, that these fighters have come in and haven't really given you a chance to show what you can really do?
0: Um, you know, I, I used to be a, I used to be a fighter that you know I used to go uh, and 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 used to you know fight uh, the you know every uh, uh, the guys that used to come up me. And yeah. and fight me, but you know they kind of like they're running away and, and 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 stuff like that, which is I was saying because I was used to you know fight you know and you know ready to fight.
3: And so you know
0: lately, looking lately lately, lately uh, all these fighters they just they try to you know fight in a sneaky way you know kind of like running away. And, and try to shoot and haul and stuff like that, which is a, kind of like sometimes it's a bit it's a bit frustru- frustrating for me. But I can tell you this much: right now, I'm ready for any kind of style that he, he represents me. We we that I I will face.
3: Yeah, and you know the the guy who you did fight last last, uh, I'm, I'm sure you have seen Yushin Akami. He he got cut by the UFC this week. Do you think that, you know, the style of fighting, as you are saying, guys wanting to hold or point scoring, is going to be a little a downfall?
0: I, 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 you know, is boring all over. Has no yeah. personality. Hasn't said a thing. He, you know, he can't understand what he's saying. You know, hasn't even... He's been fighting in the UC long and anybody else. You know, English. What the hell is that? I mean, you know, even, you know, Anderson Silva, all those guys, they, they speak English. Why he can't speaking? I mean, I can speak Japanese sometimes, I never lived there. you know he's living uh for a long time. you know why he can't I even say you know a few things in English I
3: mean
0: just you know whole uh, you know
3: yeah you know,
0: bring, you know stay there the whole fight I'm still so a fighter. You know, he said, "Hold." I knew, I thought he was going to do it into my fight. he's just kind of hurt me. And that's exactly what he does. Him, like,
3: me. Yeah, now, now, you know, we we know he's gone and stuff like that. And you're going to be down fighting Nate Marquardt. He's a guy who, I'm guessing you're hoping, is going to actually come out there and fight. He says he's going to fight you. He's, he's not going to be like Tim or, or you shouldn't go for you there. Um... Nate's being kind of the similar situation that you were. He was once a middleweight. He's coming come down to 170. I, I just wanted to ask your opinion about the UFC's welterweight division. Is it is it exciting now that you know you are coming down this division? About all these potential guys down the line that you could fight <clears throat> that maybe you know last year you weren't even had on your radar. Yeah, and um,
0: I'm excited. I mean, like you know for. 170 is the hardest division in the UFC, so I'm kind of like, I'm excited. But,
3: you know, so. Yeah, and, you know, uh, as we were saying, you come down to 170, is is 185 now, do you think, dead for you in terms of fighting in the UFC in that weight class again? Or, uh, do you think that, you know, maybe down the line you can come back to 185?
0: Yeah, oh, you know, I, I mean, like, oh, oh, of course I would love to um, fight five, one, one, five, one point, but that's had to be, you know, up to UFC. But, uh, you know, I would, love, I would love to just go back and fight what I wanted to fight. And like I said, you know, 170 is something that I have to do. And and you gotta do what you gotta do, you know. You you know you have to you have to uh obey the the bosses, you know what I
2: mean?
3: Um, oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, right. I think we all we all get to that point where we have to do what the bosses want you to do, and you you go out there and do that for them there, Hector. But you know the 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 last question that we have for you, and I do thank you for your time because I know you're busy in in the middle of your training camp there. Uh, earlier this year, the the UFC announced they were going to do the ultimate fighter, Australia versus Canada, and your name was banded around a bit as possibly being a coach. Obviously they went with Kyle Nook and Patrick Corey. Would that be something down the line that would you know interest you a coaching gig on the ultimate fighter? Yeah, uh, that
2: would that
0: that would be like a drink or true. I mean, you know. I'll four more in Australia than any other fighter. I have yeah. more fighting. Uh, and I've been longer than, than fighting in the game. Check the record. Um Check the fights. How many fights I had in Australia. Um, well, uh, he, you know, once again, it's up to the UFC with, um, what they would want to do with it. You know, I mean... Uh, for some re- mm-hmm. for some reason I don't I don't have luck, you know, and uh, getting getting he's to, to be, always being an issue. Don't know why, uh, but um, he's he's always being that way. Do uh, yeah. I just kind of keep you know doing what I do and and you know? Yeah, you, you
3: know, know you. You're talking there that you you fought in Australia more than anybody, um, and I, I know I said that was the last question. Just drag this one quickly out about Australian MMA. I have some friends in Australia, and they they say that MMA is really picking up down there. Uh, do you do you think uh, the UFC need to pay, make a bigger push down in Australia because there the definitely seems to be more talented fighters coming out of that area now? Yeah,
0: uh, I don't uh, any more push because. Uh... Um, honestly, when I mean, fighters down down there, I mean, you, you know you have Mohan, you have Brian Evanso, Joseph uh, Trump, uh, and the list goes on I mean, there is so much talent. They come from Australia. And, you know, I don't know if you remember, if you take a look at my interview. I told to the media a long time ago, like five, six years ago, Australia is going to be one of the, you know, the forces uh, for the UFC, for the MMA. Because, you know, all the guys grew up in uh, the Ruben league like a rock band. But, you know, you you allow use you, you know, it's is, is it's rough. Yeah. You
2: know
0: the the convicts. You know what I mean? Um, so
3: yeah, I I know that the Australians so it's
0: something like... that comes with, come with a territory. It. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Gonna, it's huge. It's not really huge, but it's gonna even bigger in the first time. Yeah, that I, that I will, that I will, you know, you know, be more part of it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not up to me, I and mean, the I chance.
3: Yeah, and and Hector being a, a Brit myself, I kind of know where you're coming from with that Australia mentality. When when you look at the other sports, the rivalry that our two countries have, uh, you know, Australians are definitely a, a country that that likes to fight. Um, but I, I'm sure we will see you on the Ultimate Fighter at some point because. Australia is a big market there. Um, just want to thank you for your time, Hector. You know, let people know where they can get hold of you on, on the social media there, on Twitter.
0: Okay, uh, you know, can you tweet that so I can retweet it? You know, from my Twitter? I can get you in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that right? Can you uh, send me a... Uh...
3: Looking? Yeah, of course, definitely, of course We would love to do that and, uh, Thank you for your time, Hector You can catch Hector at UFC 166 He takes on Nate Marquardt Oct- October
4: 19, best of luck, Hector And thanks for the time today, friend
1: Thanks, Mike
4: Hector Lombard, always interesting as ever <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's some mixed words for Fighters not even in his weight class anymore Uh you know, I've been very critical of Hector in the past, but I wouldn't like to be Nate Marquardt at UFC 166.
4: Yeah. Um, sorry for everyone about a, a few audio difficulties within that interview, but you're going to get the gist of his, uh, you know, of what he's saying. He's, he's got heat for everyone out there, pretty much.
3: <laughs> yeah. And if, if anyone didn't really understand what he was saying, I'll just recap it with Hector Lombard is angry. That is pretty much what I took from that. So, uh, UFC 166. That isn't even. I don't believe that's even on the main card. That's how good of a card UFC 166 is.
4: Yeah, and and we usually go over just the main card. So why don't you give me that? Who do you think is going to win that fight?
3: I think Hector should probably win that fight. Um, I've got a lot of respect for Nate, but I, I kind of feel like he's been in the de- in decline over the last couple of years. He had that one decent performance where he stopped Tyron Woodley. Uh, you know, Tarek Safidine kicked his legs apart. Jake Ellenberger steamed through him. I just don't know if he has the chin uh, to match with these big guys. Uh, Hector's got, you know, one thing that Hector has got is a good chin. And he's got that heavy power. And he's got really good judo. So I, I just don't know where Nate Marko can can take that fight to beat Hector.
4: Yeah, I was speaking with Alan Sturk yesterday from MMASucker.com. And... I no disrespect to Nate Marquardt whatsoever. He was doing great things in the UFC before he was released. He did great over in Strike Force up until Tarek Safadine, But the guy in my po- honest opinion hasn't really progressed. He he sort of, you know, he stayed the same whereas everyone else in the division has has come a step up. He's sort of like that that Jake Ellenberger style fighter.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he is, and and you know I still think Nate should be back at one eighty five. I, I haven't really enjoyed seeing him at one seventy. Um, I think he kind of thought that he was going to be big, you know, like a big cut, and he'd be bigger than the guys and overpower them. But I don't think that's really happened. Uh, like I say, I, I thought the Tyron Woodley fight was spectacular, but I kind of agree with what you're saying. He you just kind of get over the bump of beating you know these top five to top ten guys and. I wouldn't be surprised that if he loses to Hector Lombard, Nate Marquardt finds himself back on the free agency market.
4: Yeah, another one of those Bellator World Series of Fighting fighters. Yeah, well hey, hey World Series of Fighting have signed
3: Mike Russo this week, so Nate Marquardt could get a big deal out of them.
4: <laughs> Speaking of World Series of Fighting, before we get into our next interview, we announced last week that World Series of Fighting was uh has acquired aggression fighting championships up here in canada so world series of fighting canada will be making a presence in our beautiful country and uh world series of fighting seven will take place on december 7th here in vancouver canada
3: yeah it's really good news for the canadian fans and definitely uh a progression for world series i find it's going to be interesting to see what they're doing and you know, if the forts are to be believed that they're going to put on these cards in other countries, I'm, I'm interested to see if they're going to come over to Britain and do what they've done with Aggression FC and, you know, assign a, a company over here to be under the World Series of Fighting banner. You know, maybe someone like Bama or what is left of Cage Rage, maybe.
4: <laughs> yeah, what is left of it? Uh, Bama, that would be a good choice. They got some great fighters with Bama.
3: They do, but they have a terrible marketing system of not having their title fights as the main event sometimes, uh, which uh, I'm not a fan of, you know, sometimes they even have title fights on the prelims, so Bama needs to pull their finger out.
4: Let's get right into one of those title fights with this interview, coming up with Damian Maya. Cynical, slick, refined, spit with definitive wit. He is set to take on Jake Shields in the main event at this Wednesday's UFC Fight Night 29 event. Please welcome to the show Damian Maya. Damian, thanks for joining me today.
2: Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you.
4: Now, before we get to your upcoming bout, take us back to your last outing. Um, Many said you outfitched John Fitch, we know Fitch has some fantastic wrestling, but how were you able to improve your wrestling so much?
2: Mm, you know, I've I've been training wrestling for you know since I lost to Understone and and the title fight in in in, in Abu Dhabi in 185 division. You know, I've been doing some wrestling camps in Chicago. I did that for three times, training with great guys there, like Schomburme uh, and the. the the you know a lot of great wrestler, college wrestlers and American team wrestling wrestlers and like Jake Herbert, you know, he just was fighting in the Olympic Games for the US and the one eighty five. And also, you know, there is a guy here in Brazil, the best wrestler in Brazil, the best freestyle wrestler, he's one eighty five guy. His name is Adrian Shawoji and he was helping for my last three camps here and also for this camp. So I've been, you know, training, you know, takedowns. You know, I like to to do takedowns, and I uh, I like to train takedowns, and I join training wrestling. You know, that's the most important. You know, I I I I like the this part of the sport.
4: Mm-hmm. Now you're facing another strong wrestler in Jake Shields in your next outing. Um, we've seen you sometimes throw your your jitsu out the window at times. Is that sometimes the game plan against certain guys like like? You know what I mean? Because we all know your jiu mm-hmm. is so damn good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, but I think that was in the past, you know. That was after, you know, or or a little bit before Anderson's fight. Uh, it was, you know, some, I think it was some mistakes that I did in my camps, you know, and, and I wasn't, uh, how can I say... Uh, stimulating maybe the the jiu jitsu the in the right uh, right uh direction but mm, you know for the last four camps you know I did different and and I you know I I been uh, doing a lot of jiu jitsu and, and and taking care of this part of my
4: game now, Shields looked decent against Tyron Woodley in his last match. I know he wasn't too impressed with it. Are you a guy that watches tape to prepare for your opponent? And if so, what did you learn from that Woodley fight that will get you ready for Shields?
2: Yeah, I watched not just Woodley fight, but many of his fights. And, you know, what I learned for for the last fight is that, you know, even if a like, danger guy like Woodley, you know, he keep... Pushing the pace all the time and and made Woodley wondering wondering all the time. That's why he was able to to win because Woodley he has a heavy hands, and but Jake you know uh, he he was able to to avoid the hands and you know keep pushing forward even in this stand up fight.
4: Now Schilt said in a recent interview that he will try to solve the Damien Maya puzzle. Why do you think your game so hard to fight against?
2: Mm, I think, you know, I have, uh, I'm left hand, you know, I have a different distance to stand up and, and, and I have a good jiu-jitsu, I think that's, that's make it hard.
4: Yeah. Do you, do you, do you see this fight staying on the feet a lot more since both of you guys are strong grapplers?
2: No, I don't think so. I think we're going to be more grappling than stand-up. But, of course, we're going to stand-up also.
4: There are plenty of people out there that think, you know, this is an amazing stylistic matchup, yourself and Jake Shields. But there's also plenty of people out there that think that this could be a very boring match. What do you say to that?
2: Uh, I think, you know, uh, the fans... you know, they they have their own op- opinions, and and I think mainly people like you know uh, the grappling fight, but some people they prefer more like the brawlers, and and you know for those uh, we're not brawlers, uh, and I think you know if you like you know uh, to watch a technically fight, you know we're gonna we're gonna like this fight.
4: Yeah, for sure. Now, since dropping to welterweight, you're 3-0 and and currently ranked at number four on the UFC website. Um, Shields isn't ranked at all on there, but he is a tough test. Where do you see yourself if you're able to get past him in terms of the title hunt?
2: I want to fight for the title if I pass for this. This test against Shields, you know, it's very, very hard. You know, he was a strike force champion. He won guys like Dan Henderson. He won the former interim, you know, UFC champion, Carlos Condit, and many other guys there, you know, I can't here, hear. But uh, I think even if he's not in the top title right now, he's one of the toughest for sure, you know. Uh, and I, I want to keep focusing on this fight because he's just two days away. But if I win this one, I want to fight for the title.
4: Um, and time frame kind of thing, uh, early next year.
2: Uh, it's it's up to the u s c You know, I don't care. You know, uh, if if I get this chance, you know, I don't care when it's gonna be. I just wanna wanna go there and fight. You know, but at first, like I said, I need to focus on this very very hard test, which is huge.
4: Now, this hard test you're fighting in front of your hometown, Brazil, is that a major ve- benefit to you, and does it motivate you even more being in front of your hometown fans?
2: Yeah, for sure, you know. Uh, I I know, you know, maybe 50% of that people I know personally, you know, that will be there in that venue. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people there I know. There's family, There there is... Uh, friends, you know that I know since I was a kid. Uh, this uh, will push me forward to do my best.
4: Now this will be your first five-round fight since your 2010 bout against Silva. Um, with the drop to welterweight, does a five-round fight favor you?
2: Uh, I think so. You know I'm more, you know, lean and I'm faster. I have more stamina because now I have less weight to carry on so I think the five rounds fight now for me is better than when I, when I was uh, middleweight
4: moving away from this fight a little bit one of our fans on Facebook wanted me to ask you um, if your jiu-jitsu has suffered at all since you've had to focus more on overall MMA uh, yeah for a while yeah
2: the, the jiu-jitsu you know was suffering a lot, uh, a little bit you know and especially I think you know after uh, or uh, after my first loss you know against Nate Marco I, I concentrate a lot in stand in up and but now you know the last
4: four camps,
2: I and again you know uh, concentrate a lot in my grappling skills
4: now at 35 years old where would you like to see your fight career go over the next say two or three years
2: <laughs> to the belt you know I want to get the belt this is this is the goal
4: Perfect. Now, does retirement ever cross your mind? And is there a certain age where you'd like to call it quits?
2: Uh, I think, you know, after 4, you know, I feel I'm feel pretty pretty healthy. I don't have injuries. I never had big injuries. And I feel my stamina much better than what I want to watch like 20 something fighting Jiu-Jitsu because now I have the the chance to be very professional just training and rest and I have the best, you know, trainers and and just keep focused on, on my my training. So, you know, I feel that I have more strength, more stamina, more everything than I had like 10 years ago. And I hope, you know, when I keep, you know, uh, being like that and doing what I love, I will keep going. But at least like till 4 something.
4: Finally, before we let you go here, in a perfect world, Wednesday night against Jake Shields, how does it all play out?
2: Mm, the perfect for me would be like, you know, get in that fight, you know, and 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 get a submission in the first round, you know. That that's will be, that will be, you know, my goal. That will be. If I do that, you know, I will be very happy.
4: Here's is Damien set to take on Jake Shields this Wednesday night, UFC Fight Night 29 in the main event. Damien, good luck. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Thank you very much, there, Jeremy.
4: As you said in the intro, uh, Damian Maya, if he wins this fight, one fight away from the title, or he will be looking at possibly a title fight, and he feels the exact same way that a win over Jake Shields should put him in that title picture.
3: Yeah, I've been really impressed with him at 170. I think I would like to see him versus George St. Pierre or Johnny Hendricks, if Johnny can beat George St. Pierre. I think, um, you know... He is a jiu-jitsu guy, but what we saw in the John Fitch fight, he has very good takedowns. And if if he's anything like that against Jake Shields and he can get takedowns in that fight, I'm actually interested to see if he can take George St-Pierre down.
4: Yeah, no kidding, eh? Um, let's go over that fight card, UFC Fight Night 29, as we said this Wednesday night. You might be listening to this show later in the week, so the fight card might have happened already, but so be it. You're going to have to listen to our picks right now. Um, We'll start from the bottom of the main card, which starts at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Fox Sports 1 in the United States, Sportsnet 360 here in Canada and in the UK.
3: Uh, It will be on BT Sport, I believe.
4: Perfect. Hafiela Sunsau versus TJ Dillashaw kicking off the card. This has to be probably my favorite fight on the entire card.
3: Yeah, and it's it's a hard one to pick because Asun Sao, very underrated. TJ Dillashaw, obviously we know Team Alpha Male have came on leaps and bounds this year under Dwayne Ludwig. Um, I actually struggle to find a winner in this one. I think if TJ is going to win this fight, he's going to have to probably finish uh, Rafael. So I'm actually leaning towards Asun Sao being the first person to get a win over Alpha Male this year.
4: I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go with Team Bangzillion, TJ Dillashaw. Finishing this fight early in the first round, I think, man, with Dwayne Ludwig in your corner, you can't go wrong. The kid is going to probably end up knocking out a son,
3: Yeah, you know, I I could see it going that way as well. I think TJ is very talented, and he's definitely been someone that I've kept on my radar over the last year in in improvement-wise. And You know, it's going to be interesting. Is he a a potential 135 contender along with his teammate Uriah Faber?
4: Yeah. Next up on the card, we got Husamel Parhaz against Mike Pierce. This fight, it's it's a very good card. This is a very good fight, but it doesn't really do anything for me. This one, if I were to pick a winner, um, I'd have to take Pierce just because he's that guy that sort of flies under the radar. And he's been doing big things, but no one takes notice of him. I'm thinking a win over Paul Harris here gets him sort of to that next level.
3: Yeah, and I'll very much dare you because I am a huge Mike Pierce fan. He is the man. If you want somebody to come in and give someone their walking papers and the pink slip in the company, Mike Pierce is that man he makes. People look bad who are good. And I, I do agree with you. He kind of has fluent under the radar. He's been unlucky in a few of his, you know, high caliber fights. I thought he beat Josh Koscheck. I think you could make the argument he beat Johnny Hendricks in their fight, you know, both split decision losses. Um Pal Harris obviously coming down to 170 for the first time, which is very interesting. But I'm a bit wary about Pal Harris's chin. I think if anyone can neutralise his ground game, they pretty much beat him. We saw it with Belcher, we saw it with Nate Marquardt in the past. Um even Hector Lombard, you know, stalked him down, knocked him out. So I'm going to go with PS to finish this fight. I think he'd probably land something big. And, you know, Pallara is another person after the suspension. He could be looking at a, a walking slip from the UFC as well.
4: For sure. Uh, another fight that could potentially look at walking slips. Actually, the next two fights you could be looking at that. But the next one up, Joey Beltran versus Fabio Maldonado. This, to me, looks like a Bellator heavyweight fight.
3: Yeah, that is pretty much the best way to say it. But, you know, bit of a coincidence that Palhares Harris and Beltran both coming back off nine-month suspensions are both on the same main card return. Uh, Fabio Maldonado, great chin. I don't know if he's a very good MMA fighter. Um, he's got good hands. And, uh, you know, I've seen um, Adam Martin, who, who's a good friend of ours, he wrote an article this week that it could be the best fight of the year or it could be an absolute stink and i'm of that opinion as well it could go either way you know the ufc are hoping it's going to be a fight of the night contender i'm not so sure i'm going to pick joey beltran to win that fight
4: yeah i'd have to agree with you there i I don't even want to go into detail on this one but i'm picking beltran to win this one um a fight that's very very interesting to me is is matt hamill versus tiago silva um hamill we've heard in the past obviously um retired came back i don't know whether it was i've I've heard through the grapevine it was financial issues that he needed a paycheck um tiago silva you know this guy's been suspended for everything up in the (laughs) air and uh and to pick a winner in this one i've heard a lot of people pick matt hamill but i i don't i don't see how he beats him other than than taking him down and stalling i i'm gonna pick tiago silva in this one either by submission or knockout
3: yeah i think Tiago Silva will probably finish the fight in the first round. Um, you know, I think it's coming up to a, a year since Mahamel fought, and in his last fight, Roger Hollett, he didn't really look impressive against him. Uh as you said, Thiago's had his problems, but he, he did look great against Feijao, so yeah, I think Tiago Silva will get that done. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mahamel re retires after this
4: fight. I wouldn't be either. Big, big fight in the co main event. Stun gun, Dong Hyun Kim taking on Country boy, Eric Silva. Um, What a fight. Oh, man, no kidding. This one, you know, is the same thing. A lot of people taking Eric Silva, but myself, I think Stun Gun, he's a giant 170-pound fighter, and and I could see Eric Silva actually being a guy who could drop down to 155 pounds. Um, My gut is telling me to go with Stun Gun, um, and, and I think my heart is as well.
3: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dong Hyun Kim, but I'm gonna go the opposite way of you. I think Eric Silva will probably take out Dong Hyun Kim. Um I could see it being, you know, a very exciting grappling match like Silva versus Fitch. Um you know, Silva he isn't renowned for being amazing on the ground, but when he is on the ground, his scrambles are second to none. He gets into position quicker. But we're talking about a guy in Dong Hyun Kim, who's one of the best positional grapplers in All of MMA, you know, that judo background. He's qualified for Abu Dhabi this year, which is a big deal for him. So I'm going to go with Eric Silva to land something big and finish him. But I I can see where you are going with that Dong Hyun Kim pick because that guy is very talented. He's a great grappler.
4: For sure. Now grappling, we got to talk about this. The main event, Damian Maya, Jake Shields. You mentioned that Adam Martin wrote that the Beltran-Maldonado fight could either be the greatest fight or the sloppiest, boringest fight. Um, <laughs> that's how I feel about this Damian Maya jake Shields fight. It could either go down as one of the greatest grappling contests ever, or just a dull, dull, dull fight. Yeah, I'm probably
3: leaning to the latter there. I think it'll probably be dull. I don't know if either guy's got the power to finish the other guy in the stand-up department, Um Jake Shields isn't terrible on the feet, but he's very robotic in his stance. It's very um, you know, it's very counter-wise compared to Damian Meyer, who isn't great and he keeps his hands down, but he's a little bit more fluid. So that could be interesting on the stand-up front, in the grappling front. I don't know if Damian Meyer will be able to submit Jake Shields in this fight. Obviously, I think Damian's a better grappler than Jake, but... Jake's defensive grappling is pretty good, so I don't know if Damien can finish him. I could see it ending up being five rounds similar to what the John Fitch Damien Meyer fight was, where Damien goes in, puts Jake Shields on his back, takes his back, and spends the full round in there trying to work for a rear naked choke.
4: And I think I think the cut down to one hundred and seventy pounds will help. I I I believe that it'll help Damien Meyer in in a five round fight just because. He's a little lighter. He's he's not going to be carrying around as much weight. Um, I I I still have a tough time picking a winner in this fight. I I've been tossing the coin here for the past week. We had Jake Shields on last week. We had uh, Damian Maya on just here before this conversation we're having now. Um, both fighters on the show. It's it's tough for me to pick a winner. If I had to go just out of left field and, and pick someone, I, I'm leaning towards Damian Maya, but with the how calm Jake Shield sounded, he could easily pull this one off as well.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, Jake isn't a bad fighter. He gets a bit of a stick. But this is a guy who's beat Dan Henderson before. This is a guy who, you know, was the strike force middleweight champion, was the elite x a welterweight champion and no, you know, they had some good fighters in those weight classes when he was there. It wasn't like it was a ravaged division. Um, and, you know, people always seem to forget this guy was technically one round off beating George St-Pierre. Who are you taking? I'm going to take Damien Meyer. <laughs> I have to take Damien Meyer. I can't go against him in this. But, you know, if I if can submit the other, I think I might squeal.
4: Yeah, no kidding. I I, I would love to see this fight end. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to go all five rounds because, as we said, it could be very boring. Yeah. But I would love to see a finish.
3: Yeah, that notion there of you saying that you would like that fight to end, you might have that exact feeling but for the wrong reason in the third round when it's just a complete boring kickboxing fight.
4: (laughs) I don't know if I'd call it kickboxing.
3: <laughs> a little bit of pit a pat from Damian Maya on the feet and Jake Shields probably poke him in the eye.
4: <laughs> exactly. Well, we're gonna finish the show off with the interview that you did with Alexander Gustafsson. We're just gonna, you know, let that interview run, and then the show will end. So, for this, I'd like to thank our guests, um, Hector Lombard, for being outspoken as always. Damian Maya for taking the time to join us our our final guest Alexander Gustafson for joining us obviously um, our music Edgar Penwork who I said you can check out at com slash artist slash edge and yourself Ian for taking the time out to do the Hector Lombard interview the Alexander Gustafson interview and joining me tonight
3: no thank you again and it's you know people wouldn't know this behind the scenes it's been a hectic weekend for us getting up at the early hours and trying to fit in these interviews for this great show, but it came off, and, you know, long may this good run of podcasts continue.
4: Well, we'll finish the show off with that Alexander Gustafson interview. Good luck to all our guests who have their fights coming up, and uh, we'll see you next week.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay, we are now joined by UFC light heavyweight Alexander Gustafsson. Alexander, thanks for joining us today. Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Just uh, staying busy here. Now, it it has been two weeks, uh, just over two weeks since that UFC 165 fight. How have you been spending the time off so far?
1: Just been relaxing, spending time with my family, and uh, just been... Relaxing, uh, I've done, I've done a, a, a few media, a few TV shows here in Sweden, and uh, and so on. But it's been uh, it's been quite calm and relaxing.
3: Oh, that's good. And how, how has the reaction been from the the Swedish fans since you've gone back over to Sweden? It's
1: been great. It's been great. I had some uh, so much support from Sweden, from Europe, from the world, you know, around the world, and I had a lot of support from fans. I got support from, from from the media, all over Swedish media and you know it's been great.
3: Yeah now if, if we could just you know go back to that that fight, have have you been in, and watched that fight back many times since uh, getting back to Sweden? Uh,
1: no I actually, no, no I haven't. I watched the fight like maybe once, like not even the whole fight I couldn't watch it.
3: Uh, so I was going to ask you did, did you score it for yourself after re-watching it? I know that uh, you were very disappointed afterwards, but also very happy with the performance that you put in.
1: Yeah, you know I can't watch it because uh, because I'm you know I basically lost the fight and uh, just uh, it takes too much. But uh, I'm gonna sit down with my team and break the fight down and, and see why I can do much better.
3: Yeah, now obviously the the one big factor that came from that fight that a lot of people were impressed with was. Uh, your improved takedown defense, also your takedown offense, you know, you got to take John down. Uh, what's the the camp, uh, a lot of wrestling based in that, knowing that you're fighting, John? Or is that just a progression of your wrestling game? No, I've, I've
1: been working a lot with, uh, with wrestlers, with we, we basically... A lot of a lot of good guys, a lot of good box kickboxers, a good lot wrestlers, but
2: uh, you know
1: they helped me a lot, and uh, I've been developing my game. But you know, it, it comes with hard work. That's it, all all the work I put in, and, uh, and I just felt I just felt great in my pay-time defense, and I, I'm I'm just going to continue work on that and work on everything. So.
3: Yeah. Now, talk talking about your your coaching team. There, um, there kind of was an article that came out last week. Uh, I think it was from Sweden and I think a lot of the American and and the European media took a translation and may have got it wrong. Have you now officially left Alliance and moved to Sweden full-time again or is that still too early of a decision to make so far?
1: Oh No, that's totally wrong, that's not not right at all, Um, I never left Alliance, Uh, the thing is what people have to understand is I'm based in Sweden, I I live in Sweden. Uh, uh, you know, I'm training out of All Stars Gym here in Stockholm, and uh, I've been here like 95% of my time. Uh, I go to Alliance for camps, and you know, from weeks. And sometimes I go weeks, and, and just have fun with the guys. I'm very close to the team, and you know, uh, we just have a we just have a great relationship. Uh, so, uh, so I'm you know I'm still I'm still at Alliance. Uh, uh, Team-wise, you know, it's a, it's a very good relationship between my team here in All-Stars, in Stockholm, and the team Alliance San Diego. And uh, my head coach, and my Michaels have, have, you know, uh, have uh, everyday communication with their head coach, Alliance head coach, Eric Pesero, and, you know, they are always, always uh, in my corner. So, I never left Alliance, and I won't either, so... Uh, but uh, but uh, I will probably maybe uh, what I meant is I will probably do my uh, I will probably do my uh, I can't maybe in Sweden uh, for next fight if I maybe probably maybe fight in uh, fighting in Sweden so but I don't ha- I haven't heard yet from a fight or from my, an opponent either so
3: yeah now talking about your next fight obviously we now know that. There isn't going to be the automatic rematch that a lot of people expect. How disappointed are you that you're not fighting John Jones again straight away?
1: You know, of course I'm disappointed. Uh, I, I want an immediate rematch, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, he, he can fight where he wants for, for how long he wants, but uh, I will always be around him and uh, I will always defend the wedding for him. So, you know, it's fine by me. I, I fight whatever duty he gives me and... Uh, and after that, that really, I really, you know, I want, I want the shot on the title again. So, you know, uh,
3: let's see what happens. Yeah, now, obviously, straight after the fight, you know, Joe Rogan does the post-fight commentary and analysis. And he got in there and asked John, and he said, that was the kind of fight I needed. Yeah, four or five days later, he, he was on the UFC Tonight Show, and he was saying that he had won the fight decisively. Do you, do you think that John's trying to avoid another close fight with you straight away after, you know, taking probably the biggest beating he's taken to date. So if
1: you take that again, because a little bit slower, because
3: I hear very bad. Yeah, sure, no problem. I was just saying, uh, you know, after the the UFC 165 fight, John was in the cage with Joe Rogan. He said that was the fight that he needed, you know, someone to, to push him. Then three or four days later, we saw him on UFC tonight, he had chose to fight Glover next, and he said that he thought he won the fight decisively, you think that's John's marketing of trying to avoid another, you know, big fight with you so soon, especially after taking all of that punishment?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, who knows, who knows what, uh, what he thinks, or what he, you know, what's in his mind, you know, it's... It won't matter. It won't matter what what what, what he say or, or not. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, I will. Uh, I will. I will stay busy and I will train and I will probably fight wherever he gives me. And you know, he can't, can't stay away from me. Uh, I will be around all all, uh, all the time. And uh, when when it's my time, I will be more than ready and do it again. Yeah. I'll no.
3: Yeah, and uh, you know after the fight there, there was kind of an iconic photograph that emerged of you and John both I'm, I'm assuming getting medical treatment or, or you were both at the hospital there what, what was John saying to you in that photo? Was he you know, giving you some credit for, for the hard fight that you gave him? Sorry? I'm saying the, there was a photograph after the fight of you and John in the hospital together Kind of an iconic photograph uh, What did John yeah. say in that, that photo? Was he, was he giving you some credit for a hard fought fight?
1: Yeah, you know we, you know we showed, uh, you know showed respect to each other, and we thanked each other for the fight, and uh, you know we just laughed and uh, we were telling some jokes, and that that, that was it. We went to the hospital just for a routine check; it wasn't nothing serious, uh, none of us. So you know we were just you know playing around and having fun. You know it, it's nothing. When, when you fight, it's nothing personal at all. It's just we both professionals and. Uh, you know, after the fight, you know, it's, it's all good.
3: So, uh, th- there there is no long lasting injuries to you from that John Jones fight, is there? So, you can pretty much get in the cage straight away January, February for Sweden?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you know, I'm training. You know? I mean, I'm staying busy here. I'm trying to sneak, I'm trying to build up my body again, a little strength, and uh, uh, try to stay strong here. And uh, I'll be ready whenever they. They contact me.
3: So, yeah. Now, uh, two last questions. I do appreciate your time because I know you're a busy guy. Uh, this fight in Sweden, you know, you're likely to be the main event with it being your home country. Um, you're saying you'll fight anyone, but light heavyweight kind of has a lot of matchups already made and there's not many guys around. Is there anyone in particular you've got your eye on that is available? Or, you know, because I know in the past you've had fights. Uh, Scheduled with Gegard earlier this year, Gegard Uh You've had a, a fight scheduled with Rogerio Rionogera in the past. Uh, are those the two guys that you're eyeing up, or is it just a case of waiting and see who's available?
1: No, you know, in my mind right now, it's just you know John Jones. Uh, that's only only opponent I'm thinking about. Till I get another opponent, uh, I don't have any. I don't have any special. Opponent, I want to fight right now, except John Jones, and uh, and uh, so you know, I just, I just, you know, just waiting to see what
3: the uh, what the say was saying, what, what, what opponent they were give me. Yeah, and and one last question there. Obviously, we now know John Jones Glover Tejera. Who, if you do get the the title fight straight after that, would you prefer it to be John Jones, or does it not matter as long as you're fighting for the title?
1: Uh. You know, it's the belt I want, that's, the, that's, that's what I want, that's my goal, big goal. Uh, so, you know, it's the title for me, but I would prefer to fight Tom Jones again.
3: Yeah. And just before I let you go, I, I, I meant to ask it a little bit earlier on, I forgot. Is there zero chance of you fighting Phil Davis? I know you're both at Alliance, I know you're both, you know, up there in the top five of the, of the division. Is, is that fight only going to happen if it is for a title?
1: Sorry?
3: I'm saying, well, is is the chances of you fighting Phil Davis only likely if it is for a title? Uh, in in Sweden? Uh, Yeah, I'm saying, is there no chance of that being Phil Davis? Or will you only fight Phil if it's for the title? Oh,
1: oh, oh Phil Davis. Uh, uh, no, i rather not fight Phil Davis, he's my friend and my teammate, and i rather not, not fight him, but uh, if, he, if he wants us to fight uh, for a title, uh, let's take that question
3: then. Uh,
1: But uh, I read it because he's a friend of mine. Brilliant.
3: Now, we thank you for your time today, Alex, and we look forward to seeing you back in the cage very soon, hopefully in Sweden.
1: Thank you so much.